This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Great. Shocking again. Look out here. Yes, once more is S.J. Green. Mitchell under duress. Dumps it off, and there's a catch by Messam, and Messam's still going. It is week four in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, alongside producer Joe Narcy. You can get me on Twitter, at AndyMC81. It's a mega show today, folks. Too big, too much show for one week. The new commissioner, 14th commish of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, joins me. Going to be digging deep what his expectations are, what his plans are going to be to run the CFL. Also, in a special behind the helmet, we go out to Calgary. Bo Levi Mitchell. Yes, the stud starting quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders will also join me as will Scott Cullen. We'll get into some power rankings and some CFL fantasy talk. Folks, hey, if you listened to me last week, me and Scotty, your fantasy team probably did pretty well. So you want to stay tuned, get you some fantasy points. Also, folks, very excited about this deal from our sponsor, Domino's. It is 50% off week. That's right. Any pizza at menu price ordered online has returned only for a limited time, though, till July 16. You order from Domino's.ca, any type of pizza half off at menu price. You want large, medium, extra large, whatever size, whatever style you want it, you can have it for 50% off. Head to Domino's.ca right now. Joe, what pizza again? Come on. I'm getting, getting a large yep. I Brooklyn pepperoni. Large. Brooklyn, okay. I'm not. I'm not greedy. Okay. Normal pepperoni. Normal. So hold on. You're going Brooklyn, which is the jumbo pep. Yep. And then normal pepperoni. Yep. All right. Then a lot of meat. The bacon. Oh yeah. Wow. But here is my game changer. Okay. The banana peppers. See, that's a lot of heat. Oh yeah. That's a lot of heat. Oh yeah. You want extra it. cheese on that? Yeah. Is it fifty percent off? Fifty percent off. Then Joe. I want it all. Yeah. There you go. So you can be like Joe and get that massive pizza or whatever type you want. Fifty percent off. At dominoes.ca. Joe, very excited for, for this show. Talking to the CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Bo Levi Mitchell stopping by. We'll get to know him a little bit. Let's get to the uh, performers of the week, though. And you know what? It Maybe it's every other week for the Toronto Argonauts. Because week one, they had Ricky Ray and SJ Green as the performers of the week. This week, or in week three, it was SJ Green again and Victor Butler. Like, Joe, SJ Green, he took his week one, smacked it in the mouth, and went over 200. A career high 210. That's insane. This guy... Insane. You can see that he's 6'2 when he's on the field. Yeah. And it's given Ricky Ray such an easy outlet. Oh, and, he, he can catch anything. Like, the, the, the best part about SJ Green is, you can line him up inside, of course. He's a slot back. You can pop him outside if you want. Right? You can go over the middle. You can go to the outside. The hand, glue on those fingers had a touchdown and a 55 Yard long catch, average twenty one yards. He was, he was completely dominant. And you look at SJ, and you're like, he's thirty two years old, and coming off of a major injury, and dominating. I mean, if Absolutely. you were to say to us that he'd have three hundred plus yards after three weeks at the beginning of the season, yeah, I think we'd be like, man, he's going to ease his way not. in, right? Yeah. And week two, he was shut down, so we thought, all right, maybe it was a blip, like Ricky Ray's five hundred six yards. Well, no. So SJ Green, the absolute go-to. The interesting part with the Argos offense, though, is SJ can go off, obviously, but Devier Posey quietly put up another 62 yards, right? And you have Armonte Edwards, who is 
uh, quieted down with just a couple passes but or catches, but he can come up big. But the other performer of the week, Victor Butler, former NFLer, guy was a monster. Three sacks, he had the hat trick, eight total tackles, and he was buzzing, buzzing around Trevor Harris, creating havoc all night. Spectacular Victor Butler. And not to mention that right now, currently leading the CFL in sacks. Wow. So wow. if you want a performer of the week, if you got a, if you had to rank them, it'd be hard to not put him at number one, already leading the CFL in sacks. Like eight eight tackles, three sacks is a busy day. It's tough to you talk about busy day though. The other performer of the week, we go out west to the BC Lions, Solomon Elamimian. Fifteen tackles. Yeah. Fifteen tackles. Tackles. You want to talk about a guy who was all over the place? Solomon Elamimian, fifteen tackles for the BC Lions. So, Say that five times fast. That's <laughs> surprised I said it twice. <laughs> I'll give you that. That is. You know what? You are the performer of the week for me. Well hey, done. There we well go. Well done. So Elamimian doing that's three times. Uh, fifteen tackles, and he's been a constant, right? Like for for the BC Lions, he's one of those guys, Joe. You take for granted. You know he's going to be there at linebacker, and you know he's going to have a great year. He's been with the team his entire career since 2010. The guy just keeps doing it. Well, 2014 MOP, like you don't you don't <laughs> win an MOP and then kind of disappear. No. So the guy has been he's he's just been a staple. And you look same thing, like another guy leading the league, 20 he's leading the league with 29 tackles in 3 weeks. That's crazy. That's why they're the performers of the week. All right, let's get to the blitz. And we're going to begin with news out of Tigertown, Will Hill suspended, putting his hands on an official, Joe. That's that's no good. You, you, you can't touch an official. Uh, really, first bit of discipline for Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Uh, and he, quote from CFL.ca, said, It's a fundamental principle in all sport. You cannot and must not lay your hands on an official. Pretty cut and dry. So he suspended a game and fined. Uh, and he had a troubled pass with banned substance abuse in the NFL. Now he's here. Um, Will Hill, I, I asked Joe at this time, now he's got a sack in two games. He's going to miss one. At what point does he become a distraction if this behavior continues? Because this isn't a one-off, right? Like he has that trouble pass. Well, we were talking about this beforehand. Like the guy's 6'2", and he was a safety when he was in the NFL. Yeah. So he's played oversized. Sure. You bring him into the CFL, and you're expecting him to be somewhat of a playmaker, but he hasn't been that. So realistically... No, it's early in fairness. That it's just, is true. Just and he has to get used to the bigger field. And he, he does have a sack. But you add in those distractions for a team that's 0-2. Like, if that continues, the, the only other way you could put it is, all right, well, for a team that's struggling overall, do you take out or potentially part ways with a, a high-ceiling playmaker with the potential of a Will Hill? At this point, I don't know if you can. Well, that's why you have to look at what he did before he got here, and yeah. it doesn't seem like it would transition. In his four years playing in the NFL, he only had four picks. You yep. bring him onto a bigger field, and now you already have issues two two games in. Mm-hmm. Is he really worth having to make that commitment? And like you said, have him be another negative spot on what has been a very bad start for the Ticats. Yeah, so we'll see if he can turn it around after the he serves that one-game suspension and the fine... Other news, Kevin Glenn dialing back the clock, 74.4% completion, 32 for 43, 380 yards, two passing touchdowns, Joe, and then two with his legs for Kevin Glenn, fantasy monster. We'll talk more about that with Scott Collin later on. But for Kevin Glenn, as impressive as that is, Joe, I 
feel we've seen this movie before. Right when you were naming off his stats, the first thing I thought was, what else is new? Right. Because right. I feel like every year there's a certain portion of the season, and it's almost when he comes in after the starters hurt, and it's like, oh, Kevin Glenn's mm-hmm. coming to save the day. Yep. He does that for a certain period of time, but then I think Kevin Glenn really takes over, and it's the guy who's just unable to get it done down the stretch, tends to become a little bit of a pick machine. Mm-hmm. That's more what I'm expecting going forward, but like you were saying before, you're even surprised that he wasn't a top performer. Yeah, like for, for those numbers, especially when you add in what he did with his legs, but for for Kevin Glenn with the Rough Riders, and if this is kind of a, a tweener year where they're seeing where they're at, okay. But we see Kevin Glenn year after year when he get when he gets the opportunity to to be a starter or come in partway through as a starter, he fades. Now I think if the Rough Riders are being honest with themselves, they're not a great cup contender, right? So that should that probably won't be an issue. But they got to really start game planning long term because at 38, as gray as a week as that was for Kevin Glenn. We know that that type of performance likely won't continue. Now, hey, hey, 38 years old, maybe goes out and he can shut us up, but we haven't seen it. Well, here's a two-part question. Do you think that Kevin Glenn's play is close to sustainable? Obviously, he's not going to be able to do this every single game. And then the second part is between him and Ricky Ray, who do you think will be able to maintain a higher level throughout the season? I think Ricky Ray because of the weaponry. Right. Uh, and I think because he's having that relationship with Mark Tressman, who we know what he did with Anthony Calvillo, and Ricky Ray, when healthy, in the last couple of years that's been an issue, when healthy, we've seen him play consistently at a championship level. We have not seen that at Kevin Glenn, right? So I think he's a nice tweener stop for the for the uh, the Rough Riders till they figure that out. But, hey, for one week anyway, going into the bye, Kevin Glenn, good on you, buddy. Good on you. Yeah, if you had him in fantasy... You hit the oh, nail on the head. Man. You won. You definitely won that week. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably got him at a decent price, too. So, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> for for Kevin Glenn. Oh, yeah. So he's he's off. It'll be interesting to see what his fantasy price is when he when the uh, Rough Riders come off of the bye to see if he's a little overpriced there. Let's get to our Twitter poll here, at AndyMC81 here on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. So you can vote at AndyMC81. The question is, which CFL fan base should be the most worried heading into week four. The Ottawa Red Blacks, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the Montreal Alouettes, or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I preface the Rough Riders one by saying they're on the bye week. Doesn't mean the fan base can't be worried, right? You can still be worried into that bye week. Now, they did win, but Red Blacks, Tiger Cats, Alouettes, or Rough Riders, which one, which fan base should be the most worried? So we'll get into the results a little bit later on. But Joe, what are you, what's your gut telling you here? I'm in between two, but I will say I have to say the tie cats. You look at their numbers in all team stats. Like mm-hmm. offensively, they were almost in last in all of them. Yeah. Defensively, it's kind of the same, and special teams is almost exactly the same. I mean, they're not trending very well. There's no underlying numbers you can see that'll prove that there's a turnaround coming. Right, and the tie cat. It's close to me between the tie cats and the Alouettes because. Neither are being able to put up points consistently. That's what kind of kind of gets me, right? You have the Alouettes losing to BC in week three, 23-16. All right, so you put up 16 points, right? And then you put up 19 points again at Sempton. Now, the defense, is, I think, is overperforming. They're keeping teams within check. Like, really, in the Canadian Football League, Joe, you're allowing 20, 23 points. 
you should be able to do that. That's stellar weeks. Yeah. That, that you should be able to do that. And that's each week. So the defense, I don't think, is getting enough credit for the outlets. And then week one, you're down Saskatchewan 17-16. So they're not putting up points. Ticats won fewer games. But man, like for the Ticats, 15 points in week one, um, 20 points in week two. Like that's that's just not not good enough. So I'm you you said who? The Ticats? Yeah, and my second yeah. one is the Rough Riders. But it's only because of their division. Like, if you look at them... And their game so far. Like, right. tough early sketch. But they, you look at their offensive numbers, and they've been pretty good. They're, they're high or in the middle of the pack around, around you know, offense and defense. Yeah. They show that they have the ability to play a good enough game to win some games and not have a horrendous season. But the problem is, if you look at your East Division, there's a question mark realistically around the Toronto Argos. Oh, you know, sure. It's only two weeks in. You don't know. Two, three weeks in. Yeah, the three for the Argos, and they have they sandwiched a stinker in between one great performance and one great second half. Yeah, so if you look at the kind of toughest division for you to kind of make up ground, it's definitely in the West. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where I'm leaning in between you know, Saskatchewan and the Ticats. But obviously, like, when you just look at the numbers, you just... It's just to me, it's an automatic the tie cats, but the Rough Riders have a tough out to get back up into the West. Yeah, and I think it's been a tough schedule. They're put the numbers they're putting up. I think they're going to come around. I'll go with the Alouettes just because they're not putting up any points, and I still think the tie cats are not as bad as they've been. They better figure it out quick. But I don't think they're as bad as they've been. So you can vote at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Uh, the question is, which fan base should be the most worried heading into Week Four? Red Blacks, tie cats, Alouettes. Or Rough Riders. We'll take the break. Coming up next, the new commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. I will chat with him next. You're listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. We are back. This is CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. Give me a follow on Twitter, at AndyMC81. Still to come on the show, team power rankings and some CFL fantasy tips with TSN.ca Scott Collin, as well as a special behind the helmet with Calgary Stampeders starting quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. Reminder, folks, we are brought to you by Domino's, and it is 50% off week, folks, until July 16. 50% off any pizza at menu price ordered online. It is back. So if you want any size, you want a large, medium, whatever style, whatever size, as long as you order online, 50% off. Head to dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Right now, the deal ends July 16. Joined now by the 14th Commissioner of the CFL, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, congratulations. Welcome. How are you? Well, I'm great, thank you. I was just thinking it's uh, maybe I should start going with the expression number 14 in your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. I think that could be on a shirt, maybe a jersey. Well, I, I think we could get a whole deal going on this. I, okay, you know what? We'll talk after the call. We'll, we'll get some merchandise put up. I think we can do it. I like it. <laughs> I think we can do it. Uh, Randy, so... 
before we get into your your plans for the Canadian Football League, I'd, I'd like to start with the why, because it's often a, let's face it, it's often a thankless job being a, a commissioner. You were a player in the league. You're a successful businessman. So why did you want to become the CFL commission? Yeah, well, there's just, uh, you know, several good reasons. One, you know, the timing uh, for me around, uh, you know, where I was in my career and some of the wonderful things that have, have been going on in my life. I just completed what I think uh, many would say was one of the most successful financial services transactions in history. And I'm, you know, incredibly proud of that and had uh, and, and proud of, of the colleagues that I worked with. And, you know, you, you come up for air. Those are very intense. Those are very intense uh, processes. And you come up, you know, after you're done and, you know, kind of what's next. And, uh, you know, I think the chance to just come back to this game that's been so incredibly important in my life and to apply all that I've learned over these past 30 years to to be able to share that and do it, uh, you know, again, going home in a way to to our game just seemed to make so much sense to me. And then I, I will tell you that one of the other, you know, things is just to talk. I talk to my family a lot about it. Uh, my wife, Barb, and our three three daughters, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about these kinds of things. And I could just feel their excitement for this. And, and I think, you know, they kept saying, you know, my girls kept saying, Dad, this will be perfect for you. Like, you'll love this. And, and my wife, Barb, couldn't have been more supportive if she tried. Um, and, you know, just for all those reasons and, and others, it just seemed like the perfect time in my life to, to do this. And, um, and quite honestly, I'm just thrilled to be here. Excellent. And from your, your point of view, I think it's, it's not always that you get somebody who's played the game or really knows the game well. We've seen plenty of commissioners across sport that haven't played the game that have, have done a great job. But for you, you have that inside look. You've been a player, but then you've also had success on the business side. So it seems like you're kind of that, that potentially perfect blend of, all right, hey, you can talk the talk with the players when they come in for discipline or when you're talking with whoever because you've been there. But also, you know, the business side was, was having that, that player aspect do you think that's that's a big advantage for you or well, you know, I can what I can tell you is that during, you know, my discussions with the governors who who I should say just did an amazing job, it was thorough, it was thoughtful and professional, uh, that we really focused on the business side and you know, they were they their job spec was calling for a CEO and uh, we spent a lot of our time talking about my experiences and and uh you know, talking about that compared to, you know, what they were hoping for and looking for in a, in a commissioner. So that part was definitely front and center. The player part, I think, is the icing on top. Mm -hmm. And I do think it helps. You know, just in these last couple of days, you know, we've been able to, I've been able to apply, you know, a lifetime of love for this game to some of the questions that have been that have surfaced some of the issues that have come up and I think being able to relate to the players and for me that is so fundamental to what to why I'm doing this I have felt and I will feel and I will I will make this a huge part of my mandate is to shout from the rooftops how great these players are and I I when I watch them play I do think I see them play differently through a through a more through a through an experienced set of a set of eyes, and um, again, I just think it's just a very it's a very powerful, very positive thing to be able to relate right. to the players in the way that I think I will be able to. 
in conversation with the new CFL commissioner, Randy Ambrosi. So, Randy, you come in partway through the season. I, I assume there has to be somewhat of a feeling out process for you. So what are, what are your first few weeks going to look like? You've talked with the, the governors, obviously. Is it to hit every city? Or what's kind of the, the plan leading up at least to start your tenure? Yeah, so that's a great question, and the answer is I am going to do a um, as fast as possible. I'm going to see a game in each of our each of our nine CFL cities. So I'm off to um, I, I was in uh, Montreal last uh, Thursday. I'm off to Winnipeg on Thursday for their game this week, and then I'm going to see the Hamilton game on Saturday. I've got a nice roadshow tour plan to visit every one of the every one of the cities. And I'm going to spend time, you know, visiting with the, you know, visiting with the team, um, doing some media work, which, you know, again, is so important to connect our sure. game to the fans through our, through our media partners. And I'm going to ask a lot of questions, do a lot of listening, uh, use my eyes to, to make observations. And then I'll, you know, while all of that's going on, I'm really working hard to get to know the, the team here at the CFL headquarters. And, you know, my impressions so far are just incredibly positive there. A deeply dedicated group. I'm trying to understand what they're working on, what are their priorities, how can I help them. So it's really those two pieces, and um, you know that's going to carry me through probably the you know the second week of August, and then I'll you know take a deep breath and and start thinking about phase two. Well, that Lucas Barrett guy you got there is pretty good. He's okay. Yeah, he's, I, he's, well, he tells me he's great. Right. I mean, so far I'm giving him at least a, least a good, but he tells me he's great. Excellent. So he, he, can, be, he can build up to that. Um, so, Randy, you're, you're going uh, to the different cities, and unlike past commissioners, you've, you've played there, and now you kind of get to see years later how they've evolved. I'll ask you as a player, where, outside of where you, you, know, where you had your, your jersey and, and your home, when you went to visit a, a stadium, a city from your playing days? What was the nastiest? What was the, the, the best fan atmosphere? Well, you know, so you have different memories for different situations. And, uh, you know, I'll forever remember uh, Calgary for winning the Grey Cup there, and that's where right. my career started. So, you know, like you know that going to Calgary just has a special feeling, and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll probably try to take a turn at sitting in the locker that I sat in as a rookie <laughs> and the one that I sat in during the – Great Cup week in 1993, that'll be fun. You know, you remember, well, of course, I, I remember playing at Taylor Field, but, of course, now that's uh, long gone and, and beautiful mosaic. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I got five holding penalties in Ottawa in 1988, and I'm, I'm thinking, gosh, i got to go back to Ottawa and exercise some demons. Right. Uh, because Bob Obilovich yelled at me a lot, and I saw I saw Coach Obi just uh, just about a month ago, and I reminded him how much he uh, how hard a time he gave me after my five holding penalty night. Uh, so I've got some work to do there, and you know I was in Montreal; it was great. Visited there, but I'd never played at uh, at uh, Wilson Stadium, so that was nice. Going home to Edmonton, you know, uh, you know, five years there, and you know, at uh, that beautiful facility will be will be great. And, and of course, Winnipeg, which I'm going to on Thursday, you know, that's home for me. Uh, I was born and raised there. You know, two of my three brothers lived there. Um, you know, I went to school there. Uh, you know, it's a brand new stadium, a beautiful, beautiful facility. But I, I think that's going to be awfully special as well. In conversation with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. So, Randy, one of the big topics that's been around and really in all sports, but player 
safety, uh, head concerns and, and all that. And we see that uh, at every level of football and the continued development of trying to make the game safer while at the same time keeping it as entertaining as possible. What are your, your plans? I'm sure they're going to develop and, and grow as you settle in, but what are your, your plans or thoughts on player safety now and where you want to get it? Yeah, you know, I think it's just an ongoing process. I believe that we have to do everything we can. We have to be good partners with the Player Association. You know, I was so encouraged, and, and, and quite frankly, I was tremendously impressed when I, when I learned that we actually do, uh, we did last year, and now it's part of our annual plan to do a medical conference. We bring in, we bring in our team doctors from across the country, uh, we have experts who speak to the doctors talking about, you know, about sports medicine. And we invite our Players Association partners to join us there. I am so looking forward to that. And I think that is a testimony to a, an amazing mindset around working together to find ways to make this game as safe as possible. And, uh, and then, you know, there's just the vigilance on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, just this week watching, you know, watching the games and, and it's, you're looking at it through the lens of how do we, how do we get rid of some of the things that might cause a player to, to get hurt? You know, how do we continue to emphasize the respect the players show for each other to make sure that they're staying on the field and continuing to play, but the people they're playing against can compete against them for a long time to come. So it's, it's kind of a whole, it's a whole host of things, but it all starts with a deep desire to, um, to work with our players, to be a champion for them and to care about them as I, as I know I do and, and our, and our teams and governors do as well. So, you know, it's uh, but there's lots of work to be done and it's not like you solve all the problems overnight, but I, I'm, you know, I'm very committed to, uh, to making this game safe for our players. You can get the new commissioner on Twitter at Randy Ambrosi. Randy, uh, congratulations again, and have a great time in, in Winnipeg and, and for the rest of the season. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Bye for now. That was CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi after the break from TSN.ca Scott Cullen to go over the team power rankings heading into week four as well as some CFL fantasy tips. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Welcome back to the show. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening across the TSN Radio Network. And folks, if you haven't heard by now, get to your nearest Domino's. 50% off week, people, until July 16th. That's 50% off any pizza at menu price ordered online. And it's only until July 16th. So you have to go to dominoes.ca. If you want a large, medium, extra large, whatever size or style pizza you want, it is half price. Until July 16th, go to dominoes.ca right now. Joining me now from tsn.ca, Scott Cullen in his usual spot. Scotty, how's it going? Great, Andy. How are you tonight? Oh, doing good, man. So, listen, we're going to get to the power rankings in a moment, but you wrote an article on, uh, really, about the, the veteran quarterback fantasy value and the veteran QBs getting it done. We saw this week, hey, Kevin Glenn dialed back the old clock, right? Popped up 380 yards, and uh, Ricky Ray, kind of a... 
even in the week that they lost, he still put up uh, yeah. big numbers. And uh, so I, I want to start, though, with Kevin Glenn, because as we, we spoke about the other week, you know the ceiling for Kevin Glenn might be a higher floor, but the ceiling, in theory, isn't this high. Is this a blip, or should we start looking forward? They're on the bye, but going forward, hey, maybe Kevin Glenn got lightning in a bottle here. Yeah, my expectation is that Kevin Glenn it would be a blip. Yeah, um, Like you say, the higher floor, and, and I think that's kind of what my expectation coming into the season was, is, okay, well, he, he gives the, the Rough Riders a certain stability, um, some experience, but you know, it's been a while since Kevin Glenn was really a you know, top-flight quarterback putting up big numbers. Um, and then, you know, through, through three weeks, he has uh, seven touchdown passes, and uh, he's second in uh, passing yards to Ricky Ray. And so it's, you know, I, the one thing that I, I would be encouraged about if, you know, if you're thinking of going after Kevin Glenn or uh, the Saskatchewan receivers is that he does have a pretty good receiving core there. Uh, right between Duran Carter and Naman Roosevelt, uh, Nick Dembski has been pretty good for the first couple of weeks. Didn't do so much last week, um, you know. And, and Chad Owens is, is injured right now, but at some point you, you would hope to have him back. And so he does have some weapons, right? And and you know, look, I, I'm still, I, I would rather if, if you're going to be buying on Kevin Glenn, I would rather buy him when the price isn't high and mm-hmm. his prices his price has gone up given how he's performed early, um, but. He's, you know, if you had asked me at the start of the season, I, I would have thought he he wouldn't be terribly relevant for fantasy purposes this year, um, and he already has become, you know, somebody you might consider depending on the week. Well, yeah, especially the explosion, thirty four point four fantasy points. Now, again, he is on the buy, but I, I just hope people, yeah, don't get too carried away thinking he's going to do that every week. The pair of rushing touchdowns helped as well, right? Well, absolutely. Anytime, anytime you can kind of tack those on to what you, what you're already doing uh, through the air, that's a uh, the real bonus, I guess, and and look, I think with with Glenn, the you know what we what we've seen in these first few weeks may be the high point. You know, this might yes. be as, as good as it gets for him this season. But you know, we don't know. We'll see. We'll see how how things continue to evolve. And um, but I think the fact that he's you know a productive quarterback gives gives the Rough Riders a a much better shot at being competitive uh, certainly than they were last year. Now, when we look at, at the matchups this week, Scotty, I'm thinking shootout, Ottawa, Edmonton. We, like, we could be looking 80-plus points here. This this could light it up. So when we're looking at fantasy QBs again, you have Mike Riley sitting atop $13,887 in the salary cap on the TSN.ca CFL fantasy game. And then you have Trevor Harris, again, just not cheap, but uh, over $3,000 Less, and I think you, you're probably going to get similar value between the two, but you can take a savings on Trevor. What do you think for this week? Yeah, I think you're probably uh, on the right ballpark there. Like, if you had to pick a quarterback who's going to have a big week, I think uh, it makes sense to go Riley because so far the the Red Blacks haven't shown that they can slow anybody down. Look, some of that may be that the Red Blacks have faced good competition, right? Mm-hmm. Two, two weeks of Bo Levi Mitchell, one week of Ricky Ray. Um, you know, they they haven't had their shot yet at uh, at some of the lesser quarterbacks in the league, and, and so you know that might be skewing the the Ottawa defensive numbers. But you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, who who's going to put up numbers going up against that Ottawa Red Black defense does look like a a good opportunity for Mike Riley. And so, um, you know, I, I look at that and think, yes, you you could get uh, big numbers out of Riley, but as you say, like for three thousand dollars less. 
um, I'd be pretty comfortable taking Trevor Harris because he's uh, even in even, even though Ottawa's still seeking a win, um, Harris has been moving the ball every week. Yeah, yeah. Now, when we look at the Saturday, July fifteen game, Hamilton hosting the BC Lions. Like Scotty, at this point. I'm not touching any tie cat. Are you? No, Luke Tasker got me zero points last week, Sky. Zero. Zero points from Luke Tasker. Last week, last week I said don't rush to judgment on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now pass all the judgment you want. <laughs> Bury the Tiger Cats and, and wait for them to prove it to you. Um, you can't trust anybody. No, and, and look, last week was... Uh, another awful performance. Um, and look, part—I mean, part of the problem last week was a ton of penalties, and that really isn't a, doesn't apply to fantasy. But they only gained uh, like 216 yards on offense, um, and that's you know that's not going to cut it. And as you said, like a guy like Luke Tasker, who you who you would think is at least a try oh. true, is going to get lots of targets and and you know keep the ball moving down the field. No no catches on two targets. That's uh, that's a tough day. And so I, I'm kind of of the mind to. Uh, let let Hamilton prove to, prove to me that they can do something before I go go bothering to invest in in them for fantasy purposes. And one more fantasy one for you here, Scotty uh, Kamar Jordan, my guy from mm-hmm. the Stamps, my flex from a week ago, balling out fifteen point seven fantasy points on the receiving side, six point one on the uh, on the rushing side. Had a touchdown there, uh, ninety seven yards and a touchdown. Still, I think a great value at, at five thousand three hundred twelve bucks in the salary cap. Uh, if, as far as you, as far as when you're looking at flex guys, is there anybody else that that kind of jumps out to you value wise? Because I'm I, I'm for my lineup, I think I'm going back to Kamar Jordan. Yeah, well, Kamar Jordan's a good one, and, and like that that one yard touchdown last week is a oh, yes, a, a super bonus. <laughs> fantasy, right? Like that's, a, yeah. that's as good as it gets. Uh, but if I'm looking for this week, I, I'm going to go back to our discussion earlier about uh, who could put up big numbers. Uh, I'll take Brandon Zilstra going up against the Red Blacks. He's you know we've only had two games out of out of uh, Edmonton. He had a really good first first game, not so not so productive in the second, but um he he comes in pretty cheaply this week and so I think um he he's worth a shot. Uh, but you know, I, I think Kamar Kamar Jordan's one of the better values in the game right now since he keeps scoring touchdowns every week. Yeah, that kinda helps, right? <laughs> Uh, in conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Get him on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. Okay, Scotty, people can find your um, power rankings on TSN.ca. The Toronto Argonauts leaping up from eight to number four. Right up there. And I, I, I was hoping out of last week we would know what the Toronto Argos offense was and really what the team was as a whole. What we got is two completely different halves, and I have still no answers. Yeah, we're we're. I'm not entirely sold on the Toronto Argos, but before I had them sitting at eight, and I think they've probably performed better than that through the through the first three weeks. And basically, um, but as long as Ricky Ray is upright and, and moving the ball down the field, um, I think there's at least reason to be optimistic about the Argos. Um, but at the same time, you know they have questions, and uh, you know they, they managed to win last week. Uh, Thanks, thanks to a missed uh, extra point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so they've had some good fortune uh, smiling upon them too. Um, but you know, I, I think I, I moved uh, moved them up and moved Saskatchewan up this week. You know, the two teams that kind of they came into the year at eighth and ninth in, in the preseason rankings. They didn't have a whole lot of reason to be optimistic about um, about either. Um, and this kind of goes to a, a you know the, the you've got the the old starting quarterbacks that, and and look that may present a risk at some point during the season uh, you know if those guys get hurt uh, as you might expect from the older starting quarterbacks then then that could cause problems but 
right now they're, they're the two most prolific passers in the league. Um, and, you know, the teams of, uh, you know, in the case of the Argos, they're two and one and Saskatchewan in their case, they're, they're one and two, but have had, you know, close losses. So I, I think there's, there's reason to be optimistic about both, but, but that optimism still kind of has them hovering around the, I'm not quite sure what's up with this team yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have, uh, your one, two and three rankings stay the same in Calgary, Edmonton and BC of the Argos. Red Blacks uh, down one from four to five. Winnipeg down five to six, as you mentioned. The Rough Riders, Alouettes down one, seven to eight. And the Ticats with the biggest drop of the week, six to nine. And, hey, you can't argue with that. <laughs> well, that's, that's the way I wanted, Andy. I wanted so that you can't argue. That's right. <laughs> Kill the discussions. Ticats, it's not even an opinion. It's a fact. They are the worst team in the league through two, weeks, or through two games. Uh, we'll, uh, the the Cats will just wait and see whether they can right this ship. Right, and that's, you know, they'll get a chance. Um, they'll get a chance this week. BC Lions, we saw what that Lions defense did to the Argonauts, and Zach Calaris has taken some big hits already this season. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much. As always, we'll do it again next week. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Follow him on Twitter for all your CFL news at TSN Scott Cullen. After the break, our game picks and a special behind the helmet. We've been teasing it all night. Bo Levi Mitchell, quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders, stops by. Let's get to know Bo Levi a little bit better. You're listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Give us a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. 50% off any pizza menu price ordered online. It is back, but only till July 16th. So any Menu price pizza online, half off. Go to dominoes.ca right now. 50% off pizza ends July 16th. Very excited for our special edition of Behind the Helmet. I chatted with the starting quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders, Bo Levi Mitchell. After that, we'll get to our game picks. Now in his sixth CFL season, he's a six foot two gunslinger out of Katy, Texas, and has spent his entire career with the Calgary Stampeders quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo, how's it going? Hey, Andy, it's going good, man. Appreciate you having me on today. Oh, thank you. Listen, so behind the helmet, it's so CFL fans can get to know you better. So we're going we're gonna to hit you with some heavy ones here, brother. You ready? <laughs> Sounds good. Let's hear it. All right. So what do you like to do in your downtime, a hobby, besides studying game film? Besides studying game yeah. film? Um, ping pong. Ping pong? Um, yeah, I actually bought my house uh, mainly for this reason. Uh, went upstairs and there was a huge entertainment room, and the wife was like, yeah, I could definitely see us putting, like, a big TV, some couches in here, or like maybe, like, a love seat, and it'd be, like, a cool little movie room. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and the moment we bought the house, I bought a ping pong table, yes. professional, tournament style, <laughs> put it up there. Um, so there's already some holes in the walls and whatnot from, from a couple of rackets. But, man, it's been, uh, yeah, I mean, ping pong is definitely uh, my go-to thing when I got some downtime. Now, are you any good, or are you just, like, kind of slamming? Oh, I'm good. I'll challenge anybody. Really? 
Yeah. That could be a nice off-season tournament. Okay. Uh, so, uh, now, outside of the uh, ping-pong, anything else you'd like in your game room or have in your game room? Uh, N64. And so old school. Oh. So, I know, I know, yeah, all yes. the cool, you know, new video games, like the Wii U and all those kind of things, you know, PS4, Xbox, obviously, but... I mean, it doesn't get better than the classic game. So it's it's. It, I got Mario Kart, Double Seven, NFL Blitz. Um, I mean, just some classic games that you know. Whenever the buzz are over, just you know, grab a grab a beverage, go downstairs, and kind of <laughs> reminisce on the old days. You know what's funny? I actually set up my own N64 about two months ago. I'm not even kidding. With the, except instead of NFL Blitz, I have um, Quarterback Club '99. With the, with Brett yep. Favre on the cover, so that was with a beauty Brett too. Favre on the front, yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. a popular one. That's great! Wow, all right, N sixty four. Favorite sports movie all time? Man, that's so tough. It is. It has to be there's, a Kevin Costner one, right? There's, there's serious ones, and then there's you know funny ones. So right. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one or two. Uh, funny ones is Semi Pro, the basketball movie with Will Ferrell. Beauty. Um, yeah, that's just a that's a great movie all around. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, serious movie. Man, uh, baseball. I'm gonna go uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. Gonna have to. And then football. I'll say any given Sunday. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Can't go wrong there. What about draft day? Did you ever see that one, Kevin Costner? Uh, actually, no joke. I just watched it yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> oh, I love yeah, it. I've seen it multiple times, but I'm a Netflix guy. So if I'm if I'm not watching film or something, I'm, I'm sitting here just watching some movies and whatnot. And it was one of the ones that popped up yesterday. So yeah. There, now, now, what did you think? Now, I'm a Browns fan, so I'm skewed uh, towards liking the film. But did you did you like it overall? Is it going to hold up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be one of those. I mean, it's a very, um, very insightful movie on the actual process. So yeah. I think that's very cool. I mean, it's hard to hold somebody's attention that long and not have any real gameplay in it. You right, know what I mean? I right. think that's, that's one of the beautiful things about any given Sunday is the gameplay looks a lot more real compared to... Um, replacements and you know yeah, other other yeah. movies out there that you if you're a football player or you're a sports person it doesn't look that real to you uh so i think draft day you know going inside the gm's office and this is what they go through and we right. all think they're just sitting there with the first pick just waiting and waiting <laughs> waiting and they know they know who they're picking um so i mean yeah draft day is a good movie man it's a pretty cool idea uh which quarterback did you look up to growing up uh drew Brees was a big one hmm. uh mainly because of height um you know just tearing down the, the stereotypes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but Kurt Warner was a big guy. Yeah, he, uh, he threw the glove on a lot. Uh, he came from the AFL and, you know, made his way to the NFL and, and was a household name once he got there and, and obviously did a lot of great things. Um, it didn't hurt that as a kid I was a Rams fan until the Texans came to Houston. Oh. Uh, I was a Rams fan growing up. So Falk, you know, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, uh, that was a, a fun team to watch. Sure, sure. Now, you mentioned Texas, so you're from Katy, Texas, so I got a couple uh, Texas questions for you, Bo, okay? So we'll, we'll, we'll see how well you know your state. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> what is the official Texas state bird? Oh, the state bird. Um, Man, is it... I mean, it's not the bald eagle. That's the entire United States. Yeah, that's America. Um, Shoot, I want to say... Gosh, for some reason, uh, a blue jay is the only thing that comes to my head. It, <laughs> but not, I, I don't think that's right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, it's a northern mockingbird. That's tough. That's a tough one. That's insane. That's, I've yeah. never seen them in my life. <laughs>
yeah, now when you go back home, you'll see it all the time. Uh, official Texas state animal. So not a bird, but state animal. That's even a thing? Yeah. Appara- <laughs> I, I, I Googled state- Texas stuff, and it popped up. A state animal. Oh, state wow. animal. Uh, it's, it's, it has four, uh, four legs. It's, it's yeah, I'm gonna, short. I'm going to say a longhorn. Oh, you know what? It's an armadillo. Oh, God. It's an armadillo. Yeah. Longhorn would make more sense it makes, to me. It makes a lot of sense if you think about old school Texas. Yeah, yeah, old school, yeah. yeah. And and last Texas one, uh, official state flower. That's a thing, too. <laughs> um, Blue bonnet? Oh, yes. Ding, ding. Yeah. Blue bonnet. Beautiful. I, I had a pretty good feeling on that one, yeah. <laughs> one, I think uh, in my elementary, blue bonnets were like a really big deal, and I think that's why. Uh, okay, finish strong. Beautiful. And last yeah. one for you here. Um, favorite thing about playing in Calgary and for the Stampeders? Oh, man. Um, that's not easy. Favorite thing about playing in Calgary for the Stampeders? Yeah. I mean, the cliche answer and, and the truth um, that you're going to get from 90% athletes is our fans. Yep, sure. You know, just they – they have. They don't get enough credit. I mean, we're, we're yeah, we're not Sask. You know, we're not. Uh, you know, putting thirty thousand in there every single every single game. But we have some really loyal fans that love us. And, and um, if you follow me on Twitter, they definitely stick up for you with somebody else <laughs> talking bad about you. So uh, yeah, man, I, I definitely say the fans. Excellent. And, and Bo, give your Twitter a plug. You mentioned that. Uh, just at Believe I Mitchell, just my name. Perfect. All right, Bo. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun, and uh, good luck this week and the rest of the season. Hey, appreciate it, Andy, man. You have a good one. That was Calgary St. Peter's quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. Producer Joe Narsen with me. Ciao. Bo is a beauty. I absolutely love Bo Levi Mitchell. Like I said. Amazing. There was no better Amazing. thing for a man named Bo Levi Mitchell to do <laughs> than play football. And you know what? He might be even better at being on the radio because that was epic. That, that was great. And he likes draft day. So, hey, that's always good in my book. All right, let's uh, we're tight on time, so let's zip through game picks of the week, week four. Starts Thursday, July 13th, Toronto Argos into Winnipeg to take on the Blue Bombers. I'm going to say that the Argos kind of go Jekyll and Hyde again, and the Blue Bombers squeak one out here close at home. Then Friday night, football on TSN. Montreal Alouettes take on the Calgary Stampeders. You think I'm going against my guy, Bo? Come on now. Bo Levi Mitchell, lights up the Alouettes. Now, I still think the Alouettes and that underrated defense keeps them in check. It's going to be 30 points are high 20s, but they will still put away the Owls. Uh, doubleheader on Friday night, Ottawa-Edmonton. This is going to be a shootout. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Look for 80-plus points, folks, okay? This is going to be a light-up. Ottawa gets its first win of the season in a wild one. Then, Saturday, July 15th, home opener for the Ticats against the BC Lions. Ticats and the fans are going to be bringing it. Will it be enough? I think the BC Lions, Joe, we saw a taste of what they brought to the Argos. The front four pressuring. Zach Kolaris has taken a lot of hits. I think we're going to see a very similar style there. And that the BC Lions are going to pull it off in Tigertown on Saturday. And I'm lucky because we're tight on the clock. Yeah. I will take every opposite you're going answer opposite. Andy said. That's so, so gutty. Just wow. because I know you're going to be wrong. On all of them? Yeah, probably. No, Unlikely. no, I'm with you on Bo, because Bo knows. Bo knows. Bo's awesome. All right, so for producer Joe Narsa, I'm Andy McNamara. Thanks to our guests, Randy Ambrosi, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Scott Cullen. And to all of you, follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81. You've been listening to CFL Weekly, delivered by Domino's across the TSN radio network.